Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 157. And away. Wait. Go. Step up to the break. We got MJP and Green Man and Supreme and Championship Team. From Milan to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up to date news on the wrestling scene. So take a shot. Well, is that the message you got? We are about to go live. Are you ready to rock? So take a shot. Well, is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hit the crowd. So take a shot. Oh, yeah. So take a shot. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Putty and joining me this week is this very special guest. He's the man of a thousand voices. But the one that's more important is the voice of BCW, Pete Rosado. Welcome back. How you been, brother? I am doing great. It is great to be back on A Shot of Wrestling. Always a pleasure to be here, Mr. Michael J. Putty. And what a week to be here on. And tonight, International Women's Day, man. It was one of the greatest days of the year. One of my favorite days of the year. You know, what, Mr. Putty, you know what, I think the reason why it's your greatest day is a lot different as to why it's my greatest day. But that's for another conversation. No. Let's get into this week's wrestling replay. WrestleMania X8, March 17, 2002. Guest pick. Pick one of your favorite WrestleManias. From the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. From a crowd of 68,237. Rob Van Dam defeated William Regal to win the Intercontinental Championship in 6 minutes, 19 seconds. Diamond Dallas Page defeated Christian to retain the European Championship in 6 minutes, 8 seconds. My man Maven was going against Goldust ended with Spike Dudley pinning Maven to win the Hardcore Championship match in 3 minutes, 17 seconds. God, I love that 24-7 rule, man. Kurt Angle defeated Kane in 10 minutes, 45 seconds. The Undertaker defeated Ric Flair in a no-DQ match in 18, match. Minutes, 18 minutes, 47 seconds. Edge defeated Booker T in 6 minutes, 32 seconds. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Scott Hall in 9 minutes, 51 seconds. Billy and Chuck defeated the APA, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys in a four-corners elimination match for the Tag Team Championships in 13 minutes, 50 seconds. The Rock defeated Hollywood Hulk Hogan in 16 minutes, 23 seconds. Jazz defeated Lita and Trish Stratus in a triple threat match for the Women's Championship in 6 minutes, 16 seconds, and in your main event. Triple H defeated Chris Jericho to win the undisputed WWF Championship in 18 minutes, 41 seconds. You picked this pay-per-view just mainly because of the Undertaker-Rick Flair match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, when I walked in, you know, you told me we we're going to roll to WrestleMania, we're going to watch, you know, what's your favorite WrestleMania, and I was just like, you know, I've never actually really thought about it, like what my favorite WrestleMania is, and I think, as sad as this is, mm-hmm. I don't think I really have I've, I've had a lot of matches at Mania that have been really, really iconic to me. Okay. Not to say that there haven't been great matches at WrestleManias. Um, and so it took me a while. To, like, if you ask me to pick my favorite Royal Rumble, I'm going to pick the Royal Rumble uh, that, that Flair went all the way. Okay. Right? That's my favorite Royal Rumble. Uh, and, and, and very easily, you know, um, one of my favorite pay-per-views. Well. Um you know, obviously, I remember one of the first nights that I co-hosted. We watched WCW. That's like, right. I yeah. can I can sit down and like just rattle off WCW, but I've never really had a favorite Mania. I had to sit and really think about it for a moment. And what made this Mania? Now, mind you, most people think about WrestleMania X Eight, and they're like Hollywood and The Rock. Yep. Right. Hogan and Rock, the big stare down, that epic moment. Yeah. Right. For what, me, what the fantasy matchup. Right. Right. For me, it was shit. What was that Mania that Flair and Taker fought at? Right, yep. and it wasn't because Flair fought Taker. 
It was because in that matchup is the first time you see any kind of physical interaction of any kind from Arn Anderson, the enforcer Arn Anderson. You know how much of a Four Horsemen fan I am. Huge. And as much of a Ric Flair fan I am, I am an even bigger Arn Anderson fan, um, which, of course, the news that came out a couple weeks ago really broke my heart. But the fact that Arn Anderson hit the spine buster on Undertaker in the middle of that match, and I legitimately sat there as a kid thinking, Undertaker's going to lose because no one kicks out of an Arn Anderson spine buster. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, children, if you have never seen Arn Anderson deliver a spine buster, trust me, you are in for a treat. The thing is a work of art. The closest you get to it nowadays is Triple H's spine buster because mm-hmm. he emulates the the Arn Anderson Perfectly, spine buster. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was over for Taker and uh, for Taker to kick out, which is like a big thing for me. I think I was more shocked that Taker kicked out. Of Arn Anderson's spine buster than I was that he didn't kick out of Lesnar. Wow. Because at that moment, like, when you're thinking of who Arn Anderson was and the legacy of Arn Anderson and that that spine buster, how devastating that spine buster was. Wasn't it his finisher? Yeah. Spine buster. Yeah. So that's devastating. You didn't didn't think anybody was kicking out of that, right, at any point. Going back to um, something we talked about before the show, you thought Undertaker was going to lose. Yeah. At Mania. Something that was unheard of. Once WrestleMania reached the 20s. You talk about the uh, romanticizing of the, the streak. Yeah. We'll talk about that some more. You know, I had, a, I had this uh, conversation with a couple of people. and uh, you, you, know, have, you make some good points. I think a lot of people call me a bit of a, a, a zealot for it. Because obviously you think about like, oh my God, how dare you like disrespect. If you think of the streak, 21 straight victories by The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And it starts at WrestleMania 7. Mm-hmm. Okay. First match against Jimmy Snuka, and then Mania 8 against Jake Roberts, WrestleMania 9 against Giant Gonzalez, uh, and then he skips WrestleMania 10, mm-hmm. right? WrestleMania 11, he defeats King Kong Bundy, the dearly departed King Kong Bundy. Rest in peace. WrestleMania 12, he defeats Diesel. WrestleMania 13, he defeats Psycho Sid. And I think that was the first moment I started paying attention to Undertaker matches. Yeah, Diesel and Psycho Sid back-to-back, that's not you know? bad. Yeah. But at that point, like I didn't even realize it was a streak. I think WrestleMania 13 was when we started saying, oh, WrestleMania, is, he, he's undefeated, but there's no much on the word streak you know? yeah. And let's just think about this for a minute. The match against Diesel at WrestleMania 12 was the first match at WrestleMania that he had that went into double-digit time. Wow, okay. Right? His match against Snooker was 4 minutes, 20 seconds. Match against Jake Roberts, 6 minutes, 36 seconds. Giant Gonzalez, 7 minutes, 33 seconds. And King Kong Bundy, 6 minutes and 36 seconds. Okay, then Diesel he goes sixteen forty six. Psycho City goes twenty one nineteen. Oh wow! Then he defeats Kane at WrestleMania fourteen. Big Boss Man at WrestleMania fifteen. He takes sixteen off. Defeats Triple H for the first time at WrestleMania seventeen. And then we start going Flair at eighteen. A Train and Big Show at nineteen in a handicap right. match. Kane at WrestleMania twenty. Orton at twenty one. Mark Henry at twenty two. Batista at 23, and now people start paying attention. Okay, now these matches start to go 30 minutes, 22 minutes, 25 minutes, things like that. But really, Jimmy Snuka, uh-huh. if you take Snuka, Jake Roberts, Giant Gonzalez, King Kong Bundy off the list, you take the Big Boss Man match off the list, and you take the handicap match against A-Train and Big Show off the list, you're taking about five to six wins away from the taker. Are you taking them away because of their time or who they were? Because Jimmy Snuka and Jake Roberts weren't. Aren't like nobodies. 1991, Jimmy Snuka. Jake Roberts, what was that one? 92. Okay. I mean, we're talking probably pre-really big news breaking of the addiction, Jake Roberts. Okay. 
Right, because we're thinking about King of the Ring with Austin was 96. I believe so, yeah. Right, so and he had taken some time away from WWE before that match, for that King of the Ring tournament and things like that, the whole redemption story of Jake Roberts. Yep. Right? Giant Gonzalez, we all know the cluster that match was. <laughs> Still one of my favorite WrestleMania. Right. WrestleMania 9. Don't get me wrong, dearly departed, but let's be let's let's call a spade a spade here. In nineteen ninety five, wrestling King Kong Bundy, like not exactly a marquee opponent. Yeah, but name wise it still is though. In ninety five? Yes, King, King Kong, Kong Bundy. Bundy still have the same name recognition in nineteen ninety five that he did in nineteen eighty eight when he's in WrestleMania two in a steel cage against Hogan. Is that how wrestling works? Like it's your name, it's your legacy. It's not Oh, this guy's too old. It's still fucking King Kong Bundy, the guy who went made events at WrestleMania two. The, like, the only three city WrestleMania, by the way. Yeah, it, it's like Roman Reigns defeating Undertaker. Yeah, Undertaker was what old and surgery like laced up, but still the fucking Undertaker. Right, but how many people count that? Like, it's like it's like having the eternal conversation of like, well, can Jordan beat LeBron James? Right, and it's like, well, yeah, well, LeBron now can beat Jordan now, but like Jordan is prime. You know, all of a sudden you have those conversations about yeah, well, yeah, Jordan yeah. is prime, man. You know, so the same question, right? Like, True. Let's, let's look. Well, can, does the Undertaker beat WrestleMania two King Kong Bundy? Mm. Right? Does does the does, does the Undertaker walk in there against a King Kong Bundy? And, and then when you really look at it, like these matches weren't given the same kind of you know cachet. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, even okay, Diesel went double digits. Sid was the first one over twenty. Kane went double digits. Boss Man was less than 10 minutes. Triple H was about 18, 17. Flair was about eight, almost 19 minutes. A-Train in the Big Show was less than 10. His second match against Kane was less than 10. When do you think the streak became a big deal? Was it 21, 20, 22? It's around those times. I would say probably... Early 20s. I would say 21 or 23. Randy Orton at 21. Okay. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this Randy Orton was doing his whole Legend Killer gimmick. Yep. That was right? of it, yeah. Batista, WrestleMania 23, talking about last week. Right, and then the Batista at WrestleMania 23. One of Batista's best WrestleMania matches. And then, after that, you start getting into the epic matches, right? Yeah. After the Batista match, you have the Edge match. Yep. Right, which was incredible. 24. You know, the back-to-back matches against Sean. Yep. The back-to-back matches against <laughs> Hunter. That's right. And then CM Punk. That's an asterisk. You know, I don't call it an asterisk. I thought that was a great match. That's right. I thought it was a great match. What do you think his best WrestleMania match is? I would have to say it's that four block. The Sean Hunter matches between 17 and 0 to 20 and 0. Okay. Those four matches. And I think people really forgot how, you know, I think WWE does a great job with the video packages awesome. that he had fought Triple H so long ago. Yeah. I mean, Triple H was technically notch number nine on the belt. Was he Triple H or was he uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Uh, well, I, I believe at the time he was probably, no. I think he was Triple H. It's 2001. Yeah, he was tri- still Triple, Triple H. H yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. He was not. No longer the blue blood. Yeah. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Let's move on. Uh, Pete, you're here. We are in the shadows of BCW's third anniversary. How excited are you, man? <sighs> it is an exciting time. Very exciting. I mean, I can't really in, encapsulate how excited I am. I've been with BCW since the first show. I was there for the first anniversary. Couldn't believe, not that we had gotten there, but the fanfare behind it and how great it was to be able to you know be there for that. And now to get to anniversary three 
and to see the kind of card that we were producing for this show. I mean, Putty, we had Billy Gunn on the first anniversary show. That's right. Shannon Moore was our special guest. Second anniversary, you had Lufisto versus Faye Jackson opening the show. Great. Um, and now we get to the third anniversary, and the the matches that have been announced so far, Michael J. Putty. Darius Carter defending the BCW World Heavyweight Championship against the Evolve Champion, the man who has single-handedly, on multiple occasions, called out John Cena, <laughs> Austin Theory. Azriel in a rematch five years in the making, going one-on-one against A.R. Fox for only the second time ever. Really? First time they went to battle was for A.R. Fox's CCW Wired Championship in CCW in 2013. Oh, wow. The first and only time Azriel has been in the ring with A.R. Fox. Damn. And Azriel, as long as I've known him, have said, man, I wish I had another match with A.R. Fox. And here we got it. Second time ever, right? You have the Skulk coming in, right? Adrian and Liam Gray, Janelanis and Liam Gray going into tag team action against... The Ugly Ducklings making their grand return. Oh, awesome. To BCW. Well, the Ducks. You have Saeed Al-Sabah returning to BCW and not returning alone, but re- returning to defend his Fest Wrestling Championship in a four-way match involving Ace Andrews, Alvin Alvarez of the PCA, and Leon Ruff of the Skulk. And mind you, the Skulk has been burning up the independent scene, especially at Evolve Wrestling. I thought you said Leo Rush. I was like, what? No. <laughs> we don't have that much money. Right. <laughs> Love it. The man of the hour. But, I mean, and this, and then tonight we announced that Riley Shepard, who unfortunately had to sacrifice her spot in the Queen of the North tournament in January due to her knee injury, uh-huh. will actually be getting a number one contenders match against Tasha Steeles, who was the last woman remaining in the fatal four-way, uh, in the four-way elimination match for the BCW Women's Championship in January. It'll be Tasha Steeles versus Riley Shepard one-on-one. The winner becomes the new number one contender for the BCW Women's Championship. Faye Jackson will defend her Women's Championship against a soon-to-be-announced debuting opponent. Okay. Okay. All I can say that I know about this challenger so far is that this person has been a Women's Champion in in other promotions before. We'll leave it there. Right. And I mean, so... And we're coming home to Queens. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved being in the Bronx. Great venue, great new spot, but the anniversary had to come home. To Queens. But we're not going to be at the Elks Lodge. Yeah, it sucks. Not going to be. You know, (laughs) I love where we're going to be at. St. Sebastian's Gym. I remember going to a wrestling show there a long, long time ago, watching Two Cold Scorpio, a.k.a. Flash Funk, perform there. Um, Big Papa Pump versus D.H. Smith, otherwise known as the son of the legendary British Bulldog, performed there. I mean, great wrestling shows have been in there, and now for BCW to be in that space, it's going to be a great night. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. BCW's third anniversary, March 22nd. Oh, man. Tickets are going fast. Oh, yeah. I know they've been selling fast. We have a Groupon going, and obviously you can buy the tickets on Eventbrite. Check out our Facebook, our Twitter. The Eventbrite link is there. Awesome. Can't wait. Pete, let's do a shot in celebration of Pacific's third anniversary, and then we'll get into some news. Let's do it. However, we have a sponsor this week. Take it away. Uh, my name is Jim Mazowskis. I'm the founder of Mania Crawl. 
uh, I decided to start this event back in 2014 in New Orleans, um, and we've been doing it ever since. Minion Crawl is an annual event that takes place the day of WrestleMania. It's a bar crawl that gathers passionate wrestling fans from all over the globe uh, for one electrifying time um, while also raising money for Connor's Cure. Minion Crawl 6 is going to take place on April 7th, the day of WrestleMania, starting at 12 o'clock. You can sign up for Mania Crawl 100% free by visiting our website, www.maniacrawl.com. Everybody in the WWE Universe is invited to Mania Crawl. Passionate wrestling fans, AEW fans, Ring of Honor fans, and especially the fans of Shot of Wrestling. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. All right, let's get some news. I'm happy you're here. Been a while since you've been back. But unfortunately, we had a lot of sad news to deal with this week. So let's get right through it. King Kong Bundy passed away this week at the age of 61. There is no word yet what led to his passing. But no, but we'll keep you updated. King Kong Bundy, you know, main evented the first singles main event of WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2. And that steel cage against Hulk Hogan. Any fond memories of uh, King Kong Bundy? King Kong Bundy was one of those guys that when you watched him in the early days, you were legitimately afraid of him. I believe in the lead-up to that match against Hulk Hogan in the Steel Cage at WrestleMania 2, which, by the way, I used to love the old-school blue cage. Oh, I still do. Miss you it. Yeah, with no top. Yep. You know, like someone like, someone like The Undertaker is like, almost at the top of the cage <laughs> just by standing, uh, standing right there. I believe that one of the video packages that they played at WrestleMania 2 is the lead-up to WrestleMania 2. I think it was at a, a, a live event that they had, like, taped for Saturday Night Super... No, it was Saturday, uh, Saturday uh, Superstars okay. back in the day or something like that. King Kong Bundy hit, like, a couple of, like, corner splashes on Hulk Hogan uh, with the assistance of the Heenan family. <laughs> and, like, they ended up leaving... I mean, Hulk Hogan was, like, bleeding from the mouth in the ring... Uh, this great little thing there, and I was like, "I'm scared of this dude." Like, really big dude, you know. To yeah, I, I have heard, you know, from people that King Kong Bundy was a great person, right? Seems uh, like one, yeah. I've seen him at different conventions, talking with fans, having a great laugh, you know, really interacting with people. Um, sad to lose a guy like King Kong Bundy. Uh, came as a bit of a shock because he came out of absolutely nowhere. Oh. And you know, King Kong Bundy, I. I don't think we've had a wrestler very much like him since him. Nope. I saw King Kong Bundy at Boardwalk Beatdown back in August in New Jersey. But his table was always too busy. So I'm like, all right, I'll come back. Of course, every time I would come back, he would be too crowded. And I'm like, you know what? Selfishly, I'm like, I don't want to wait on this line. I got my own table here. Why am I waiting on line? And now, of course, looking back, I fucking regret it so much. I'm like, when you meet these wrestlers at these conventions, not only do you... Meet these guys you grew up watching, get an autograph, pay for a picture, but you get to have a brief conversation with them. So I missed out on this conversation with King Kong Bundy and um, something I regret. I have a similar situation to that, but I, it's not as sad. Okay, good. Please, <sighs> lighten the mood. Years ago, uh, there's a small little convention that happens in the city called the Big, uh, Big Apple Convention or something like that. Okay. It's like a little comic book convention. Uh, it used to happen at the uh, someplace right across the street from Madison Square Garden. Anyway. 
Hotel Pennsylvania? Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you. So I go to this convention. I'm walking around, you know, and it just so happens that the late, great Roddy Roddy Piper oh, okay. is at that convention. Shit, nice. And his line was ridiculous. I mean, he hadn't even shown up yet. He was running late. Okay. Um, and he hadn't even shown up yet, and his line was ridiculous. And I kept telling myself, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait until the very last minute, and then I'll get on the line before it gets too big, right? Because you always think you could find that perfect little sweet spot of time before people start lining up yep, and before it gets really, really crazy. Yep, right right after the marks, but before the the casual fans, yeah. And um, by the time I saw his line, it was insane. Um, Somehow, someway, I ended up, sneaking my way close to the front of the line and getting confused with people who were uh, standing at the front of the line. Okay. And I got to meet Roddy Piper, and I got to have a little conversation with him. Nice. And I remember asking him, you know, he was like, any any kind of picture you want? And I was like, could you put me in the sleeper hold? Sweet. And, of course, the handlers that were there were like, oh, no, no, I can't do that, this, that, and whatever, whatever. So we took a regular picture, and... um what was so memorable about it was because I was speaking to Roddy, and Roddy stopped the entire line because he was so uh, impressed about the fact that I was a teacher. And, I, and I'll give you a quick story uh, right after this. Uh, long story short, he never let go of my hand. He took the picture with me, shook my hand, didn't let go of my hand, and as I tried to walk away, he kind of pulled me back in and slapped the sleeper hold on me. Nice. And then told somebody, uh, take the picture now. Sweet. Uh, but it was like he didn't even he didn't gimmick it, he he cinched it in. Like Good. so, there's a picture of me right, like absolutely ridiculous, uh, because I'm legitimately selling awesome. a Roddy Piper sleeper hold. The the awesome parts of that story, um, I remember telling Roddy Roddy Piper at the time that I was thinking of looking at getting into the wrestling business, uh, maybe training to become a wrestler and, and stuff like that. Like it was something that very much interested me at the time. And I remember Roddy Piper looking me in the eye. And telling me, because I told him at the time, I was in college at the time, and he looks at me and he says, I want you to make me one promise. Okay. He says, you must finish your college degree. Mm. Graduate college, finish your degree before you go train in wrestling. He says, and if I find out (laughs) that you sign up for a wrestling school, or you got training or I see you at an indie sh- at an independent show in a locker room and you don't have your degree or you left college without your degree and you started wrestling, he's like, I will make sure you never work in the wrestling business ever again. Holy shit. Now, I don't know if Roddy Piper was trying to scare me out of trying to become, you know, getting into professional wrestling. I don't know if Roddy Piper was just pulling my leg and ribbing me. I don't know if Roddy Piper was being serious. Sounds like he's being serious. I don't know if Roddy Piper was just giving great advice about getting your degree while also trying to pull my leg. I don't care which one it was. I remember mentally making Roddy Piper the promise and saying to myself, I will not go into wrestling training before getting my degree. And maybe that's why I never became a wrestler. Because after I got my college degree from my undergrad from Syracuse and I came back to New York, uh, I ended up applying for graduate school and got into graduate school. And that's also when I started looking into professional wrestling schools. And I just realized that I didn't have the time to dedicate to professional wrestling training. Mm. and decided to focus on my graduate degree instead. Um, and probably that's why I'm not a wrestler t- at this day. Let's not talk about like my, my deteriorating athletic skills <laughs> and things like that. But 
I would I would say Roddy Piper. I may never have become a wrestler, but I hope I made him proud of the fact that I, I, I didn't even start looking into it until after I finished college. Because uh, I, I certainly, if the man was alive today and I had broken that promise, I kind of feel like Roddy Piper would be the person I've not forgotten. And I'd be, at some so ran- it, yeah. I'd be in some random locker room in Tuscaloosa. And, and, and Fuck that, he'd be BCW. And he'd... Right, right. I'd be BCW and Roddy Piper would be doing a, an appearance and all of a sudden it'd be like, <laughs> did I tell you? <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yep. Right. Anyway, uh, rest in peace, King Kong Bundy. I remember him as a wrestler because I was a really young kid in his heyday. But what kind of paired everything together was when he was on Married with Children. Oh, yeah. I, my parents, God bless them, let me watch Married with Children as a young kid. I remember watching King Kong Bundy with the Bundys. Like, hey, I know that guy. That's why I linked him as, oh, that's King Kong Bundy. Don't let this distract you from the fact that Al Bundy once scored four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Old high school. That's right. You know the news? Unfortunately, another passing. One that really kind of surprisingly made me sad. Luke Perry passed away this week. Probably a massive stroke. I did not watch 90210 at all. But his passing really kind of was really sad. Why am I talking about it here on this wrestling podcast? Because his son, Jungle Boy, is a wrestler who signed with AEW. So again, we send our condolences out to the Perry family and his son. Big yeah, sad story. Definitely. I mean, Luke Perry... Uh... A big part of my life growing up. I mean, I wasn't watching 90210, but I knew who Luke Perry was. All the girls in my class talked about. Right. Yeah, I knew who yeah. Luke Perry was. Um, and then obviously now in the wrestling business with his son, uh, Jungle Boy. You're you know really kind of blowing up. I've met him uh, in passing. Um, don't know him. Can't say that I've, I've had in-depth conversations with him. I think one of the coolest things that I remember seeing was Luke Perry. At a uh, GCW show in LA when they went to LA and Jungle Boy was on the show and Luke Perry showing up to watch the show to support his son. And I'm just like, you're Luke fucking Perry. (laughs) You know, you don't just sit in a wrestling crowd and no one recognize you. Which, by the way, must be like the most interesting thing in the world. The most testosterone filled wrestling fans always say, hey, you're that guy from 90210. Yeah, that doesn't work. Right. Um, you know, I can only imagine what his family's going through with a very young man to die of a massive stroke like that. And it was very, very sudden, too. Yeah. I remember he had just, like, he had, I'd read, like, a day or two prior that he went to the hospital. And then next thing you know, he passes away. What's um, that? So my condolences, you know, and everybody's condolences go out to the Perry family and uh, and also everybody in his extended acting family um, and things. I know he was um, currently playing Archie's dad on Riverdale. Yeah, that's why he did not sign up for the 9021 reboot. Because he couldn't because of the Riverdale, but it's sad. Very sad. Source of peace of Luke Perry and uh, thoughts and prayers to Jungle Boy. I told you the head of this, more sad news. WrestleMania 7 backstage interviewer and guest ring announcer for the main event. Alex Trebek announced he has been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, which claims the lives of mostly everybody. It's either 3 or 13% survival rate. But there's a, still a chance, you know? So... Keep him in your thoughts and prayers as well. I love how Alex did it. Like he told everybody himself. Yep, with a joke, lightheartedness, yeah. You know, which is which is great. Um, oh, yeah, it's like, I kind of need to beat this. My my contract uh-huh. runs for three more years. Yeah. I, I mean, Alex Trebek is like a staple of my life. Yep. I grew up watching Jeopardy. Right. Like my, and, and you know, I haven't watched Jeopardy in a really, really long time. Uh, mostly because... Um, my memories of watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune were with my grandmother, mm. and my grandmother was a major part of my life, uh, my, my paternal grandmother. 
major part of my life. And when she passed away, it's like I couldn't watch Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy and not really get uh, very sad at the time. And I just haven't watched it since. Okay. But Alex Trebek is a staple of my life. Like I know who he is. And I think anybody who's grown up during the years that Alex Trebek has been like hosting Jeopardy, like you know who he is, even if you've never watched Jeopardy. Yeah, he's a mainstay. Yeah, you know. Um, so I really, I really do hope he he beats it. Yeah. Also, because I want him to be an answer to a trivia question. Yeah. (laughs) Alex Trebek. Question is, (laughs) who beats cancer? Damn right. So uh, God bless to him. No news. uh, Current NXT champion. Tommaso Ciampa underwent oh. successful neck surgery, thank God, this week in Birmingham, Alabama. However, he'll be out three to six months and is expected to drop the title next week at the next TV tapings. Bad timing. Bad timing. Very interesting, right? Um, first off, let's talk about the great news of this. When news first broke that Ciampa was going to have neck surgery, they were talking six to 14 months. Yes, that's right. Right. To hear three to six months, it's fantastic. Yep. Tommaso Ciampa... Has I I don't want to say single handedly because there have been many many great people uh, in in the NXT product for a while now, but in in almost a, a capacity, Tommaso Ciampa single handedly carried NXT. No, you hard to argue that. Um, now, without getting into too much details, Mister Putty. Yes, sir. Obviously, we know NXT is pre taped. Yep. Okay. There, I, I kind of wish WWE hadn't announced the next surgery. I agree. I see where you're going with this, yeah. There, they kind of had to, though, right? Well, here's the thing. In this day and age. There's an angle that is going to be popping up on NXT television that has been taped already um, that I felt could have been used to explain the next surgery then. Hmm. Right? I think it's like two weeks away. Two weeks out, I think. I think so, or too. Or a yeah. week out. A week or two out. And I feel like what could have happened is they could have used the angle that was taped and... That could have explained the neck injury for Ciampa, which would then have explained why he's out for surgery. Okay. Then you announce the surgery, right? You announce Tommaso Ciampa, you know, after such and such thing happens, needs neck surgery, things like that. Um, You go do the surgery and then he's out. And then it makes sense why he kind of drops the championship versus now we know he's out. We know he has neck surgery, but now we're about to watch two weeks of NXT television with him on it. As champion. Yep. And then watch him drop the championship after having neck surgery. <laughs> yep. Kind of a little weird. And it reminds me of the older days of, of, w, of WWE where it'd be like, oh, this guy got hurt in a match at the pay-per-view last night. Let's put them in a match on Raw. Keep them protected. But let's do like an, an angle on Raw where they get beat up and they get beat down or whatever, whatever, whatever. It's kind of, and you know what? Actually, not the old days. They did it with Braun Strowman. They did it with uh, Alistair Black, too. Right. When Braun Strowman uh, was supposed to lose the Corbin, uh, almost lost the Corbin match because he had the arm surgery, the elbow surgery. Yep. Right. That was an injury that they had found because of a match that he had had. And so instead of like just ruling him out, they had him wrestle on Raw and he got jumped by Lashley and McIntyre and and Corbin. And then they were like, okay, uh, Elias, Elias, sorry, Braun Strowman needs to go have elbow surgery. But they already knew that. From the yeah. night before. But now they created this angle, so yeah, now it's off, just yeah. like, oh, yeah, let's write him off. I felt like they could have done the same with Chomp, but I think they got a little lazy. Mm, interesting. We'll keep you updated when his return is announced. Other news. Beat Ronda Rousey broke kayfabe in a video on her YouTube channel. 
Now, we talked about this last week when her verbal spat on Twitter. She got called out for using the F word fake. Notice in this clip, she doesn't use the word fake. She stutters and doesn't use the word fake. But instead of be reading what happens, I'm sure you heard about it now, but let's, let's play the clip. I'm tired of just being here to entertain people, you know? And I'm not taking any more direction or notes or orders. And every time I go out there, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. And they're just going to have to keep filming and cashing the checks I bring in. What else are they going to do? Not accept the money I'm making them? Becky pissed me off the most recently. I promised. And you know what? I don't even call her Becky. Rebecca Quinn talked shit about my husband, and I told her I'd beat the fuck out of her next time I saw her. And guess what? I beat the fuck out of her, didn't I? Dude, me and Charlotte put on, I mean, it was a hell of a fucking match. And, and I took up a hell of a beating. And there wasn't a person there that wasn't completely fixated on everything that was going on every single second. We completely stole the show, the whole card. And in the same venue where I fought Kat Zingano at home, they booed me out of the stadium. And it was just such a slap in the face. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you people. Fuck all you guys. It wasn't a promo. They gave me other things to say. I didn't fucking say it. It's a thing. It's not a fucking promo. It's not an act. I'm not going out there and doing their fucking act anymore. They can say it's part of the act and try to save face to everybody else, but it's not an act. I'm going out there. I'm doing whatever the hell I want, and they can explain it away however they want, but fuck them. Everybody, WWE Universe included. I meant that I'm going to disrespect the sport that they all love so much. Oh, don't break kayfabe, Ronda. Wrestling's it's scripted. It's made up. It's not real. None of those bitches can fucking touch me. The end. Also interesting to note, of all the cities she mentions, all the states she mentions in her rant, she mentions Ohio, the home of Cleveland, the home of Fastlane. So Pete, I know you watched this. I know you heard it. What are your thoughts on this Ronda Rousey? Air quotes shoot video. I'm assuming it's all. I think I heard that enough to know your answer. But so Misha Tate just did an interview recently. Okay. And Misha Tate said that she doesn't think that this is fake at all for Ronda. Really? She feels like Becky legitimately got under her skin. I think she did. And Ronda is not one that knows how to play. Ronda's never had to play by the rules. I mean, MMA, jujitsu. All the stuff that she's ever done, she's never had to play by rules. True. Right? She's just like, oh, you say something, I'm going to react in a certain way, and I'll deal with it my way. And I think Ronda kind of did... I don't know if Ronda realized how heavily scripted professional wrestling is. Very. Especially the WWE. Um, Because apparently, I've also heard rumors that the promo that she cut at the end of Monday Night Raw was off script. She went way off script. There are rumors that that was not what was written for her. The only thing I have to say to to to, to, to Rhonda, and I'm going to put the mic a little away from me because, okay, let me know. How sway? How? How do you not? How do you not know? Not use the word fake, bro. Is that like some sort of unwritten rule in wrestling? Yes. Because have you not seen the interview where the dude got slapped silly for asking if wrestling was fake? Ronda Rousey needs to understand something, okay? And, and you know what? She could be playing the game better than anybody right now. You need to understand that this is how the game works. 
right? And you need to not be sitting there getting all up in your feelings, okay? Asking Kiki, do you love me, right? <laughs> because Becky Lynch came out and did what she's supposed to do. She did her damn job, right? She did her damn job. Now, you can sit there and you can... The following content is rated PG-13. <laughs> you can sit there and act like a little bitch, right? So you think it was real? You think this was not scripted? It wasn't part of the story? I, I don't think... Rhonda, because this was her personal YouTube. Yeah, but she was in Cleveland. Like, what? What? What states? I'm, I'm sure she's not dumb enough to not promote the the fast lane. She knows what mm. she's doing. But at the end of the day, listen. I think Becky, when she said what she said about her husband, it legitimately got under Rhonda's skin, and Rhonda got pissed, and Rhonda did not know how to react. And I think Rhonda reacted the way the only way that Rhonda knows how to react, and Rhonda. Becky did her job, and her job got magnified as being even better than that because of the way that Rhonda reacted. If it's true that Rhonda is going to take time off after WrestleMania... That's a rumor, yeah. This may be the best thing for her to be acting like this because I think she's going to need to take some time to... She adjusted to the wrestling well. I don't know if she understands how to adjust to the whole reality of wrestling. We posted a clip of it on our social media. Got some re- responses. Alicia B. Cakey, LOL, this silly bitch. Z. Wahab, she's right though. J.B. Miller, 1073. We all know about Kayfabe. We watch wrestling. She knew what she was joining. Her salty ass just can't handle the booze. Return to the octagon if you can't handle sports entertainment. There's a couple yeah. of comments. And I mean, listen, let's give credit where credit is due. She went. Becky Lynch, she 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 threw a fastball down the middle of the plate, mm-hmm. and Becky Lynch crushed it out the park, and now Rousey started getting in her feelings about it. Do you think she regrets signing with the E, or is this like it's an old storyline? I don't know. I really can't say. Which means I think it's a part, awesome. I think a part of her didn't realize just how I don't think I think a part of her didn't realize just how personal this can get and how much the WWE uses real-life shit in their stories. Yeah. And Do you think I the mean, crowd booing her really affected her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ronda Rousey is not used to being booed at all. Ron, think- Ronda Rousey is used to being loved, to being admired, and even when she was losing in the UFC, people cheered for her. Do you think this could be a catalyst to being a great heel? I will say that her reaction at the end of Monday Night Raw was probably the best character work I've seen for her since she debuted. Everybody's talking about this clip. Charlotte Flair chimed in on Twitter saying, and I quote, Can somebody please remind Captain Badass here that her last two fights before coming to the E ended with her unconscious and sobbing in the cage. Four years ago, you were untouchable. Now, not so much. You're a class act. Responding, defending the wrestling community here or storyline? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think Ronda screwed up. I think Ronda legitimately got in her feelings. Ronda's trying to be Ronda. Yeah. But Ronda doesn't. Un- Ronda had a hard time understanding how to navigate the waters of sports entertainment. Um, again, she transitioned well into the ring. She did well. But yeah. there's a psychological part. There's a story part. There's the whole. The promos, the real life, the how do you portray a character. Ronda Rousey has portrayed one character her entire life. 
Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey portrayed Ronda Rousey. That's true. And now Ronda Rousey needs to portray a produced version of Ronda Rousey. It's almost the opposite of what we tell most people to do. Yeah. Most people in wrestling, we tell them, take yourself and turn it up to 200. With Ronda, it's almost like we need you to turn it down a bit. A little bit. You know, but again, how she reacted on Monday Night Raw was the best character work I've seen from her since she debuted. We'll keep you updated. You know, the news, Jim Ross, as we confirmed, he'll part ways with the E, once his contract expires on the 29th of March. He knows that those around Victor Man feels he doesn't have much to offer the wrestling business these days. While noting the move is on good terms, he suggests powerful people around Vince clearly wanted them out. AEW, I'm assuming? That's the big rumor? That's of? the big rumor. I mean, AEW is the place to be, right? Uh, the I money's think, there. I think he has a lot to offer to it, but, uh, Putty, I got to ask for permission here. Can I, uh, permission to speak freely, Mr. Putty? Of course. Go for it. Kevin Dunn, go fuck yourself. Is that the guy you took in? That wants him out. Yeah. Kevin Dunn, everyone knows, is the right-hand man or the right-hand person to Vince McMahon. He is Vince McMahon's ear. He is Vince McMahon's something. Yeah. Right? Kevin Dunn is is the person who says a lot of the things that people uh, have a lot of issues with. He's the one that didn't like having JR on television because of the fact that JR had Bell's palsy. But you don't, you don't see JR on TV. You that's hear the thing. him. Yeah. That's the thing. You think about it. When the camera pans over to commentary, they didn't want to kind of show it. So if JR's the the head of commentary and he's the face of it, now you have this face that Kevin Dunn feels like people don't want to see. Right? He's the same person that thinks, that thought certain women in the WWE uh, didn't look good a certain way, needed to look a different way, this, that, and whatever. So Kevin Dunn, you know, most people can tell you a lot of the horror stories about Kevin Dunn. I don't. I would not be surprised if Kevin Dunn is the person behind wanting JR out. It is a complete lie to think that JR does not have anything to give to the professional wrestling business. This is a man that I think any professional wrestler worth their salt Will would would beg for him to call their match. In an update to the Arn Anderson firing, we found out why. We didn't know why recently, but now it's been leaked. Lisa Fox reportedly showed up to a live event on February 10th, drunk off her ass, and Arn Anderson allowed her to compete. According to Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., Vince was said to be furious about what happened and led to the firing of Arn Anderson. Do you think that's warranted? Or there's more underlying... First off, Arn Anderson's the man. The man can do no wrong, in my opinion. But so you're uh, a drunk, I, drunk woman wrestling. How many times did Ric Flair wrestle drunk? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I, I was reading something today, a little bit of an addition to the story. Apparently, there's a lot of backstage support for Arn Anderson because apparently lot, yeah. Alicia Fox, uh, he didn't realize, he didn't know that she was as bad as apparently it's been reported she was. Because she was a she was acting erratically backstage, which is just something she normally does, of course, um, and more so now than before. So I think he kind of took it as her normal behavior, rather than her being drunk. AW. Oh, I I would I would sign him in a heartbeat. Anyway, that's all the news. You're falling asleep. Let's do some shots. Wake you up. Get some cheers and heels. <laughs>
A shot of wrestling presents here and here. All right, Mr. Rosado, we got a BCW to talk about. Let's burn right through some cheers and heels. Raw, I'm going to cheers Colin Jost and Michael Che being the uh, correspondents for WrestleMania 35. Big SNL fan, love those guys. I'm glad they're using celebrities instead of people like the New Day who could be in action at WrestleMania. Exactly, yeah. You know? And and I love it when they're using like naturally funny people versus yeah. like people who have to like manufacture funniness. I'm going to cheers at uh, Dave Batista promo. Like, what a jerk, man. I love... he Heel Batista is the best Batista. Loved it. Are you not entertained? Also, cheers to Triple H promo. Getting real personal. Bringing up all the, the past. His son dying. His health issues. It was just... Triple H home. is... His home. Triple H is one of the best promos in the business. I don't think there's been a Triple H promo in the last couple of years that hasn't been absolute money. Cheers. I know you'll agree with me this. So much Charlie Caruso. <laughs> they split the uh, backstage shit between her and somebody else. But there was only Charlie this week. And, uh, you know, my girl got her time. I love Charlie Caruso. Don't get me wrong. I love Charlie Caruso. But you were on a whole nother level with her. The ending was weird. The whole uh, screw the woo. Damn the man. Screw the woo. And no more Mrs. Nice Bitch. That was weird. Again, best character work I've seen out of Ronda in a while since her since her debut, in my opinion. Again, the in-ring work has been great and it's been improving. Um, I like a more aggressive heel Ronda. Plus, it plays in with her comrades down in NXT. The four mm, horsewomen of the MMA world versus the four horsewomen of the WWE world. Though They keep doing this freaking feud between Becky and Charlotte. I don't know how these two are ever going to reconcile in order to be part of the Four Horsewomen. But neither here nor there. My only thing was, um, I will say this. Charlotte's been looking a lot like a little like a blonde Kim Kardashian. Mm. Love me some Charlotte Flair. Beautiful. Okay, very jealous of Mr. Andrade if the rumors are true. I hope not. If the rumors are true, I'm very jealous of Mr. Andrade. Not that I had a chance with Charlotte at all, but yeah. So... Throughout the show, they were talking about the Shield reuniting one last time. Yes, yes. That didn't make any sense to me until Michael Cole announced that Dean Ambrose was not resigning. So that kind of made everything fall in place. Do you agree with them announcing that Dean Ambrose is not resigning? To me, it still feels like it's a little bit of a rib. Like they're trying to work us. Because I've never seen that kind of thing announced by the WWE. So I won't believe it until I actually see it. The Shield reuniting confuses me as well, but I'd like to see if it's more than just a one-off. If it's a one-off for Fastlane, a little weird. If it continues to WrestleMania and through ever when his uh, contract runs out, if it runs out, I just want to see where it goes. But Putty, yes, I'm surprised Whew. that your biggest cheer is not the addition oh, yes. okay. of J.E. Double F. Better do it right. You better J A double R E. There it is. Double T, double J. Jeff Jarrett officially being added to the WWE creative team. Make him cheer that for Rock. I'm hoping he's on both brands. I just wish we had more of Double J and Nerody, man. Oh, was great. I was actually a little hyped for that. Most of my friends were talking to me on social media, like, "Oh my god, oh yeah, why are they doing this?" I was like a little hyped for that. Awesome. I mean, interesting, right? Very interesting. But I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of it. 
You know, it was fun to see Double J doing a strut back in the ring. So it's funny that if you look at the recent hires by WWE, it's almost as if they're hiring TNA's former creative yeah. team. Such a dud. Sanjay Abyss, Bruce Pritchard's back, and Jeff Jarrett. And Dana Warrior is basically Dixie Carter without the money. <laughs> right? I don't know what she's doing. No one knows. So. We want to SmackDown. SmackDown. Saving lives. KO DB segment was great. I wasn't really looking forward to it, this rivalry, air quotes. But this promo sold it for me. This is going to be a great rivalry, great feud. Looking forward to the match. I'm hoping it lives up to their promos going into it. Not feeling face KO. He did a good job this week. Good to see him back. Yes. Not feeling face Kevin Owens. It kind of made a sense to why he hates Daniel Bryan. So I'm looking forward to see what this I, I just results. hope I hope this leads to the conclusion that everybody hope it leads to. Which is? Kofi Kingston. Even if it's a one-night thing, man. Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Like, that would make mania for everyone. Do you think they'll give Kofi the win and have him just hand it back two nights later? Or do you think they'll give Kofi a push title? I mean, I... Now it's kind of the off-season. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if you give Kofi the push because I don't know how that affects the New Day. And I know the New Day prints money for the WWE. Mo- that is money? one thing. They, money? money. They print so much money. They got more money in the hour than the man of the hours got today. I mean, by the way, free bird rules are in effect. Right. You know, but I don't think they're going to be doing Listen, I just want to see Kofi get the shot. I know it's a long shot. I know it's a pipe dream. I know it's probably something that will never, ever, ever happen. Zack Ryder will probably be the WWE champion before Kofi Kingston. I mean, I disagree because Zack Ryder won the IC title at Mania in Dallas. He won. He lost it the next night, but he still had that moment. And, his and we all like, know up. that WrestleMania is about moments. So why not give Kofi that moment? Even though because he here's the problem with that. Okay. If you don't give Kofi a lengthy run... The backlash from that will be severe. I disagree. No Dude. One, no one's, no one's going to care. I think you'd be surprised. Don't forget about it if Kevin Owens is a champion. No, no. I think you will be surprised to see how many, and I hate to say it like this, but how many black and brown wrestling fans are sitting there putting their hopes in Kofi, hoping it happens. Now, if it doesn't happen, we live with the disappointment of the WWE disappointing us again, right? But if Kofi wins the championship at WrestleMania, to lose it, Two nights later on SmackDown Live, the backlash, the riots almost you will get from black and brown fans on the internet, on social media, probably even in arenas, is going to be something the WWE does not want. And you can and you can book it, right? Black and brown fans who are standing behind Kofi, who are truly behind Kofi, like as a representative of them. If you don't give Kofi a decent run with that title, if he were to win it, he's not getting a decent run with the title. Then don't give it to him. Or she's a fit of four way for the U.S. title. Oh, this was my favorite match. Fantastic match. I love our truth. I mean, I was loving this Andrade, Rey Mysterio. They're they're money, money in the ring. And Samoa Joe and our truth. Great match. Everything was well done. Loved watching. It was very fun to watch. You're gonna side heel here. Our truth losing. I love our truth. Can we talk about the fact that our truth is talking about John Cena beating his hero, and our truth yeah, is great. older than John Cena <laughs> when he was a little kid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Cena's poster week, yeah. on the wall. It was great. He's older than John Cena, though. Perfect. I love Samoa Joe getting the championship. Okay. Um, I feel like they're not really doing anything with Andrade, and, and Ray would be a waste to have it right now. I think Samoa Joe getting it was a great idea. 
I'd like to see what they do with Samoa Joe. Um, and I feel like the only logical conclusion is Samoa Joe, John Cena at WrestleMania. Really? Yeah. Dude, think about it. John Cena, while he was the face of the WWE, is the same time Samoa Joe was being the face of places like Ring of Honor and the independent scene. So why not take John Cena to face off against Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe as the United States champion. John Cena as the former United States champion. Overall, great SmackDown. What a great go-home show to a pay-per-view. I will say that I mentioned this during SmackDown Live to a friend of mine, and I'll mention it here. How much money do you think we would print if you did the Usos versus the Briscoes? Uh, a lot. And, I, and I'll say this. The Usos are the closest thing you're going to get to the Briscoes in the WWE. Really? Like, the, the way that the Usos' current character is created, like their, their money. Uso penitentiary gimmick, yeah. they're the closest thing you'll get to a WWE-produced Briscoe product. But fantasy, again, Briscoes, Usos, I'm going with the Usos. Oh, 100%. I take the Briscoes, but that'd be a, mon- a money match. A what match? Money. NXT... It was this week was the first round of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Surprising to me, the undisputed ever who won last year lost in the first round. But also, as soon as I heard Ricochet's music, I knew who it was. Even though I only heard him the last what, two or three weeks on Raw SmackDown, which means is a great theme song. I, mean, I hear Kevin Owens sometimes. I'd be like, who is this? I, I would recognize Kevin Owens' theme song, but the Ricochet theme song is really really catchy because he's the one. And only. So good job to them. Next week, it is not the second round. And then I think two weeks is live TV taping. So we'll find out what happens. Um, so, so obviously, I, I looked ahead a bit because obviously the NXT shows are taped. Obviously. Um, and unfortunately, both of my picks for the Tag Team Classic have lost. Spoiler alert. Who are your picks? Can't say. Don't want to spoil it. I just said spoiler alert so they know it's going to be spoiled. Ah, oh, come on. All right. Undisputed Era. Yeah, they're done. Right. Okay. And uh, Street Profits. That was surprising to me. I thought they, they would advance a little further. I thought both of them were going to go for. I actually thought they, that would be the finals. Street Profits really? and okay. Undisputed Era. Mostly because of what Street Profits is doing in Evolve Wrestling. I figured that the WWE's NXT Tag Team Classic put a little bit more stock in them. So and, not, and, not and to be you... honest with you, I am, but I'm not feeling Ricochet and Alistair as a tag team. Who do you pick to win the whole thing now? Forgotten Sons. Is there a point to winning this? It used to be, but now the tag team division in uh, NXT is not as developed, right? The two biggest teams right now are the Undisputed Era and the War Raiders, right? Yep. Street Profits, everyone knows them, what they're doing in Evolve right now. They're the current Evolve tag team champions, but now you're, you have them out super duper early, right? They're gone. Forgotten Sons, not really, unless you're keeping up on on the minutiae, you don't really know who they are, right? People like Lorkin, Lorkin and Danny Birch. Yeah. I mean, again, there's not a lot of, there's not been a lot of build behind these tag teams versus when we had tag teams like Undisputed Era, Mustache Mountain, Sanity, right? When you had all these tag teams. Now, Alistair and Ricochet are really a thrown together tag team that only got thrown together on the main roster. Exactly, yeah. So, a little weird. But you don't know by now, there's no interview, which means we have time for a game. What? I gave my guest a couple of choices. Say what? I created a Ric Flair game for you, but surprisingly, you declined that. I did not decline it. I said that it may be my strongest game, so I gave you the option. You chose the other, which means we have a WrestleMania 
themed game. This is terrible now that I think about it. Yeah. Wrong decision, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. This was the only pay-per-view where Gorilla Monsoon called a match with Jesse the Body Ventura and Bobby the Brain Heaton at the same time. It's not two because Ventura was uh, Ventura was on commentary with um, Elvira and I believe Lord Alfred Hayes. I obviously don't think it was WrestleMania 1 either because Heenan wasn't there yet. 9 was the Greek one, the Roman one, I believe. With Jim Ross, yeah. Right, with Jim Ross. I'm going to shoot and say 3. Final answer. Yeah, 3. Hogan slamming Andre. WrestleMania 3 is correct. What Hall of Famer competed in the very first ever WrestleMania match? Pete Rose. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Hall of Famer. Competed in the first ever WrestleMania first match. First match, WrestleMania 1. Oh, in the opening match of WrestleMania 1. Yeah. Shit. Ernie Ladd was retired. Piper was in the main event. Orndorff was in the main event. Hogan was in the main event. Um, I am going to go with Cowboy Bob Orton. Tito Santana. Uh, Defeated the Executioner. Oh, boy. Wow. Tito. 101. Arriba. This man wrestled Shane... WrestleMania 17, and this person at WrestleMania 19. He wrestled Shane at 17, somebody else at 19. Yeah. Um, it wasn't Austin. Nope. Um, was that Vince Flair? Is that your answer? I think. I think, because that would have been the continuing storyline from Flair taking over the company or wanting complete control of the company. I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Flair McMahon. Flair McMahon is incorrect. It's Hulk Hogan. Oh, Jesus. One of two. It's Hogan. That's right. Damn it, Hogan. Who won the very first Money in the Bank ladder match? I mean, it was Edge. Final answer? Edge, yeah. Correct. Two and yeah. two. W had a battle royal with what other sport at WrestleMania 2? Oh, that's easy. NFL football. Correct. Three and two. William of the Refrigerator, William Perry won that. Hall of Famer. That's right. Perry. Fridge, William. William Perry won that. Yep. Remember that. WrestleMania 2000 was actually what WrestleMania? Uh, 20. Final answer? WrestleMania 2000 was... Yeah, 20. WrestleMania 16. WrestleMania 16 was 2000? Yep. You're way off. Wait a minute. Time out. Two and two. Okay. All right. If you say so. 86 was the first one. <laughs> 87 was WrestleMania 2. I remember because I was born yep. uh, in 87. So, WrestleMania 3, so 87 is 2, 97 is 12. Shit, you're right. Okay. So, you got... I should have done the math. Considering I'm the math teacher, I should have done the yeah. math. You're at 33. Who did Andre the Giant body slam to win 15,000 at Big Russell... John Stud. Correct. 4 and 3. He is the only man to face all members of Evolution at various WrestleManias and beat all of them. So, you beat Flair, you beat Orton... You beat Batista. Undertaker. Well done. I had to he, think about that for a minute, but it's like, all right, who's everybody fought Triple H, but then it's like, who fought Flair? Not many people have fought Flair when you really think about it. He's the only man to appear at every WrestleMania until two years ago. Every Mania until two years ago? Yes. Well, it's definitely not The Undertaker, because we went over this earlier. He didn't show yeah. up until, like, um, it's not Hogan either. Nope. I'm going to take a wild guess here because I think no one really recognized. Howard Finkel? 
Howard Finkel is correct. Yeah. He stopped announcing WrestleMania, but he still announced the Hall of Fame. Yep. I think you won this, but let's go for shits and giggles. This WrestleMania was the first and only to be broadcast on Monday. Uh, I know I'm going to get this one wrong. I know it's not one of the later ones. I'm going to assume, was it the one that was in England? I mean, is that your answer? I believe. I forget what number that was. The one that was in Wembley. Final answer? Yeah, because I believe the time difference would have actually broadcasted here on a Monday. England is ahead of us, so it would have been delayed. It still would have been on Sunday. No, because it's a Sunday night, which means if they're ahead of us, it would have been a Monday. If it was Sunday night, it would have been Sunday afternoon here. No, if it was Sunday night here. No, there. There. You would have been Sunday afternoon here. This is true. Okay. Plus, no WrestleMania has been in England. That's right. What was that? That was SummerSlam. Right. There we go. Dumbass. WrestleMania 2. How, Sway? So are you how? T- are you tired here? No, I think you won this. Anyway. No, how, Sway? You had, they were in Atlantic City. I don't have the... Chicago. Logistics of it. And California. I think it aired on Monday, though. That's, well, yeah, obviously before the age of pay-per-view. Did you win this? Or you, I it, definitely won is it. Is it tied? No, I definitely won it. Because I was five and three before you asked the shit and giggles question. <laughs> well, congratulations. You beat my game. Congratulations, buddy. I told you. You won a shot at the bar. That's so great. You don't sound convinced. I mean, I would. I think I would have gotten a shot at the bar anyway. Well, you win an enamel pin of a shot wrestling. Oh, I've heard those are really sexy. <laughs> so congratulations, because you're an enamel pin collector. Um, but I got a question for you, buddy. When does Taker get in? Not anytime soon. Why not? He's still active wrestler. I don't think he wants to get in. I think he's one who respected business too much to like, why would I still compete and accept the Hall of Fame? Something we've talked about on the show in the past, he does not attend the Hall of Fame to stay in character. So when they induct The Undertaker, we're not getting The Taker, we're getting Mark Calloway. And that's not something I see him doing whilst still on the active roster. Well, I mean, he hasn't competed in a while. He's coming to WrestleMania this year. If you take, he's coming to Mania this year, you think? He is, but we're not sure what he's doing yet. Uh, Is this confirmed? Yes, he's confirmed. He's going to be there. We're not sure what he's doing. Is it a match? I I doubt it because they would have already started building something. You don't know yet. Listen, I don't think. We still have Fastlane. We'll see how it happens after Fastlane. Yeah, okay. The the pivotal, very important Fastlane. Before we sign off tonight, buddy, I want to say. You love me, and I'm besides that, I do want to go through probably my the my biggest cheer, if only my only cheer from wrestling this week. Well, not this week, actually. Sorry, okay, it's not this week. It's from last week. Ric Flair's seventieth birthday celebration raw. Greatest thing on TV was the way that Seth Rollins sold the chop from Ricky Steamboat when Steamboat came down the aisle. <laughs> right? Wasn't thinking that. Okay, no. Steamboat chopped out on a couple of people, and he chopped Seth Rollins, and Rollins sold it like a champ and a half. As a reflector, Mark, would you have been pissed off if you were there in the crowd for that event specifically, and that unfolded? If you're there for that event specifically at a WWE show, knowing the mm. WWE's track record of, of of using these things to build storylines, then you're dumb. Touche. We're at the end of the show. I think we have enough shots, enough drinks. Before we go back to seeing some karaoke, let's uh, finalize the card for BCW's third anniversary. Again, we're the official podcast of BCW. We would not be where we are without BCW. BCW so, certainly would not be where we are without the continued support and platform that is a Shadow Wrestling podcast. So you talked about it in the beginning of the show. So quick recap, what can fans expect at the third anniversary? 
Well, so far announced for BCW's Three the Hard Way, the third anniversary of BCW on March 22nd, live from St. Sebastian's Gym in Woodside, New York. Darius Carter defends the BCW Championship against none other than the current reigning Evolve Champion, Austin Theory. Also announced for the first time in five years, Azriel gets his rematch against A.R. Fox. The only time they've ever faced was in CCW in 2013, and now they face off for the second time. These two men, veterans of the ring. Can't wait for this match. Looking forward to it most. Also announced, the Skulk, Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray, will go into tag team action against the Ugly Ducklings in what will be a fast-paced matchup. And let's just say that my pick right now for match of the night. Really? Just on paper. Okay. Also announced a four-way battle for the Best Wrestling Championship as the defending champion Saeev Al-Sabah, the child of the X-Day, goes into the match defending against the PCA's Alvin Alvarez, Ace Andrews, and the Skulk's Leon Ruff. Ken Saeev, who posted an open challenge. His mistake. To BCW. You don't want to fuck with Alvin Alvarez and Ace Andrews. You now have three men going after the Fest Wrestling Championship. Speaking of championships, I can confirm that... Pro Wrestling Magic will be involved at the BCW Anniversary Show. A champion from Pro Wrestling Magic will be appearing at BCW to defend a championship from Pro Wrestling Magic. We do not know who yet. We have no words as to what is happening, but we do know that Pro Wrestling Magic will have a champion defending a championship at BCW's third anniversary. What about uh, LAW so we have heard that a challenge has been laid down by the Deadly Saiyan squad to the LAW invaders. The war to end it all. The final battle between LAW and the Deadly Saiyan squad. Rumors are that LAW will be accepting the challenge. But right now, the contract is still out. I'm sure Anthony Cole, the Deadly Saiyan squad, will have it signed. But I can tell you right now, if that match happens at the third anniversary, it's going to be a violent one. And also, something that will be settled on March 22nd, BCW will get a number one contender for the BCW Women's Championship. Ooh, okay, awesome. Tasha Steeles will face the gladiator of geeks, Riley Shepard, which if you remember, Riley Shepard had to give up her spot at the Queen of the North Tournament due to a knee injury, forced her out of action. So she never got a chance to compete for the BCW Women's Championship. Now she gets a chance to compete to become the number one contender and hopefully compete for the BCW Championship if she can defeat Tasha Steeles. Speaking of the BCW Women's Championship. Here we go. Oh. Faye Jackson will mm. be defending it. Mm, mm, mm. She will defend it against an opponent yet to be announced. But the one news that we can state, her opponent is a debuting opponent who has held championships, women championships at multiple promotions. Around the world. I mean, does, does Faith Jackson have time for this? Because she was on Raw dancing around with No Way Jose. I mean, will she be there? Can you guarantee me she's going to be there? Faye Jackson will be defending her BCW Women's Championship. But lastly, Michael J. Putty, Sir. BCW is all about opportunity. Yes, you are. And so at BCW's third anniversary, we will have what Anthony Cole is calling an opportunity match in where... 
uh, young, up-and-coming stars will compete to see who can get further opportunities at BCW. This is something that we hope will be continuing at BCW. A lot of other news coming out of BCW. Obviously, you heard the unfortunate news of Lufisto's impending uh, retirement. Yeah, that's sad, yeah. I can I can confirm that BCW management has been in contact with Lufisto, and uh, we are doing everything we can to make sure that Lufisto, if at least one more time, is able to uh, be in action in front of the BCW crowd. You know what I can confirm? Please. Michael J. Putty. I can confirm that in 2019... Okay. We will see the return of the monster match Ooh. tournament. <laughs> Loved it last year in 2018. 2019, we'll see the return of the monster match tournament. Same stipulations. Same stipulations, and let me let me say this here on a shot of wrestling, uh, Mr. Michael J. Putty. Many people did not pay attention to the fine print on that monster match contract. And then when you win the monster match, many people don't realize that on the night that we crown the 2019 King of the Monsters. Yes. The 2018 King of the Monsters, Billy Brash, will be receiving a BCW title shot against whoever is the current defending BCW champion. So he can't cash in. It's a year after he wins it. It is on the night that we crown the next year's gotcha. King of the Monsters that the previous King of the Monsters receives a title shot. Yes. Awesome. Can't wait. Man, I mean. Big big year coming up for 2019 for BCW. Dude, big year starting off in a big way. Uh, March 22nd is going to be one hell of a show. I mean, if you're not there for Austin Theory versus Darius Carter, like, what are you doing? If you're not there, it is available on Fight TV. It will be available on Fight TV shortly after. Uh, shortly after it's live, uh, it, it's live showing. It will be available on Power Powerbomb TV, and it will be available on um, Title Match Wrestling as well. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Wait a minute, buddy. Aren't you and Shadow Wrestling doing something at the BCW anniversary show? I mean, aren't you guys heading up the second? Coming of Podcast Row? Podcast Row is something BCW has been wanting to get off the ground. Podcast Row starts and ends with BCW's official podcast at Shadow Wrestling. But the more eyes, the more ears on the hottest growing promotion here in the Tri-State area. BCW, Bree with two eyes, combination wrestling. Last show, Queen of the North, we had, what, about four or five podcasts there? Five, yeah, I think yeah. five or six, yeah. All led by a shot of wrestling, right? Which is me, because I'm covering the show for the podcast, but my man, my partner, Green Man, was doing your backstage correspondence for your show. It wasn't Green Man. That was that, that, was that, 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 that kid, that intern, that was, uh, what was it, ready, willing, and oh, able. Yeah, about. Yeah, why was it Green Man? Green Man couldn't make it. He said to me he was sick. Yeah, Green Man was nowhere to be found that night. It was really weird. But how are you guys loving your podcast role? Dude, Podcast Row has been fun. I know the podcasts that have been involved have all said that they've loved it. I've been to other promotions. There's no podcast covering other shows. Not even a row of podcasts. What does that say about BCW's talent and content that a whole row of podcasts wants to cover your show? I mean, it's it, it says that we're pro- 
we're presenting content that people want to see and that people want to cover, right? And that's the biggest thing. You know, you hear it in WWE all the time, this idea of like, oh, we're doing it for the fans, we're doing it for the fans. At the end of the day, we we have to do it for the fans because if we're not putting together matches that the fans want to watch, fans ain't coming, Mm -hmm. right? And and we're a long way from putting on matches that fans wanted to watch but fans didn't know about, right? Like, I remember one of the greatest night, one of the greatest uh, matches we put on at at, at BCW was um, Darius Carter versus Willie Mack. And it was one of those nights where information just, people can get very fickle, (laughs) to quote the new Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Right? And people were always like, oh, my God, I wish Willie Mack would come to New York. Well, you know, we had him, right? Yep. Leo Rush versus Human Tornado. We did it. That is one thing BCW has always done. We always aim to make sure that the fans are getting their money's worth, whether you're buying a front row ticket, whether you're buying a general admission ticket. One thing I can tell you is I want to I want to make sure that BCW always lives up to the Arn Anderson promise, right? That no matter whether you buy a front row ticket or a GA ticket, okay, you know that when you came to see Arn Anderson, you got your money's worth. You know that when you come to see a BCW show, you're getting your money's worth. Remember, Green and I were talking right in our early days of the indie scene here in New York. Saying, like, "Oh, buddy, do you want to go see Billy Gunn here in New York at the Elks Lodge?" I'm like. Fuck yeah, I do, but I couldn't make it because of all the obligations. That night it turned out to be your first anniversary. Yeah. So we couldn't make it. We wanted to be there. We couldn't make it. But now we're there for your second anniversary. We're going to be there for your third. We're going to be there for your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Until the end of time. Oh, it's going to be fun. I remember when you guys we just had a little corner in the Little Elks Lodge. Little corner. Me and Green Man covering the show. Now Green Man's now on commentary. Right. Almost a year ago. He, a little a little shortly after the second anniversary, yeah. yeah. Left me alone myself to cover the show. but uh, We believe in you, buddy. Match made in heaven. Oh, it's great, man. It's great. 2019 is going to be great. 2020 is going to be great. Will it be money? We're going to print money. Will it be huge? It's going to be huge. It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely huge. And, and then people are going to look at us and they'll be like, what are you talking about? There it is. Can't wait. Love it. As, as, as Ric Flair would say. What's causing all this? <laughs> Be, thanks for being here. Putty, thanks for having me. I always love being on a shot of wrestling. It is, the, it is my favorite place to be. I know I'm not supposed to sound biased because of this podcast. We want them to. I have. I'll edit it up. Right? I have never had as much fun as I do uh, here in a shot of wrestling. I also don't get as drunk anywhere else than at a shot of wrestling. Drunk as I've ever been. I mean, it's, it's in our name. Shout out wrestling. So the door's always open for you, man. Come back anytime you want. Thanks for being here. Social media, people can find you at. Oh, people can find me at uh, BCW Wrestling on Twitter, BCW Recombination Wrestling on Facebook. Two eyes. That's right, two eyes. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Recombination Wrestling on Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram at Don Juan4087 or at Twitter at P Rosado4087. Follow, more importantly, the Bree Combination Wrestling handles on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. BCW3, the hard way, March 22nd, here in Queens, New York. Pete, can't wait to see you there, hang out, especially the after party hosted by Shadow Wrestling. Karaoke after party, baby. Can't wait. I'm trying to figure out what song I'm going to do. You know. I don't know. Think about what song we're going to do. Mm, I'm a little scared about what song you got. You should be. So for Pete Rosado, he's not here this week, but Green Man, 
as always, we'll see you guys at BCW's third anniversary of March 22nd. Until next week, I've been your host at Monkey Bunny. Until next week, Putty Yep. I forgot how good Billy and Chuck were as a tag team. What the? What, what are you talking about? This is this is the point where we play the theme song here. We Billy and Chuck. What are you, what are you talking about? Good tag team. Yeah, great tag team. How many championships have they won? They won a lot of championships. Yeah. They're really good. In the yellow tights, blonde hair. Really good as a tag team. I forgot how good they were. It's where the marriage was one of the highlights of the SmackDown 1000 show. Oh, it was great. It was a great marriage. Eric Bischoff coming back. That was a great storyline. I forgot how good Eric Bischoff's theme song was. <laughs> how do you forget that? One of the greatest themes of all time. Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's Fandango's theme song. It's not, a great theme song. Not in the same league as Eric Bischoff or Evolution. Randy Orton. I mean, yeah. Oh, shit. We're still recording. Until next week. Party, yep. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>